And I go, no, that's how I remember it. Where was that? Me- what? Okay, what is that memory then? Because I'm from the same reality as you, Nathan. Like that's- I am from a different reality. It's like I'm in WandaVision, but it's this show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Things That Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And today we have back Nathan Drake. Hey, hey, what's going on? Not even waste time with the intro or the accolades, just straight to the good part. (laughs) It's because there's no accolades. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of good part, though. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) So what's been new? I feel like we haven't done a show in a long time. I know it's just our weird recording schedule, but I was like... Do I know how to do a show? It's been a while. Okay. So I've spent so much time inside over the last like three months that I went outside. Okay. Yes. But in the last three months, even more so than the last 12 months. And the other day I went outside and, um, you know, it's been legendary snowing over the country for like the past week. Well, for people who don't know it, um, Chicago from basically the middle of January until recording on February 19th. It has snowed every single day. Yeah. And just about most times multiple inches. And the earlier I went out and I walked around our building and there were like three like standing feet on the ground in areas where like snow wasn't being piled. It was higher where snow was being piled. And it was just like insane. And I'm from Colorado and that's not an amount of snow I see usually. And that's not something I'm used to and definitely not on the ground for a month straight. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I was just looking through an old photo. I was like, oh, that's like, like, it was, you know, like a month ago. But I was like, oh, it was snowing then, too. That is a lot of snow compared to like Oklahoma, where a single snowflake falls. It's like, all right, schools are closed for a whole day. Just (laughs) everyone gets a day. I've been at home for the first time for a full week this week because of the snow. And I I finally got out today and I like got out of my neighborhood and like then there's no snow on the streets. And I was like, oh, this it's only in neighborhoods. Like my neighborhood is just covered in snow. The like snow the is whole, only in like, your mind, man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely a construct. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just need a break in, in your mind. Mm-hmm. I took so our deck in the backyard has like this rounded uh, outcropping on it, I guess essentially. Um, and so I used the rails that's on that rounded part to form the basis of an igloo with my kids. Uh, <laughs> oh but I did gosh. that the, the first snowfall, though, the first big one that was like packing snow. And then now I've just watched it accumulate on top of it and like, you know, build up an extra couple of feet that I haven't had to do because I set up the foundation right. for it uh, <laughs> just from all the snow in the last couple of weeks. So it's been what nice. a lesson for life. <laughs> nice. Get that foundation right. Moved that's in. <laughs> The igloo is also in your mind, though. There's really no igloo outside. (laughs) Yeah, I think the first winter I was here in Chicago, I remember coming back in from like the holidays on New Year's Eve. This is like three years ago. And I remember the night of New Year's Eve, the first, I went out to like grab a couple groceries. And I remember walking out for the first time and it was like negative two with like a wind chill of negative 20. And I was like, I walked outside. I was like, it's not that bad. Like I put enough layers on. I feel fine. It just hurts to breathe. <laughs> Breathing Welcome in Chicago. hurts into my chest. So as long as I don't do that, it's not that bad. <laughs> so, yeah, the cold weather's been crazy. Obviously, everything in Texas and the South, as I drop my pen, is quite bad. Um, so hopefully, all that stuff gets taken care of soon. Yeah. 
But uh, in the meantime, we'll get to some trivia, and this is the 62nd ever episode. Woo! Woo! Knocking them out. 62. There we go. You're not on pace. You know, you know what? One day, I'm just not going to do it, and you're just going to sit there and wait. That's when the show will just end. It'll just be one of those long I, montage fade the blacks, and that's you're going to realize the the how show. much you rely on me. So, in a in a canon sense, I actually have no idea how Rachel got back here because last time I was on the show, she you was don't absorbed. Need to know, talk about time vortexes. <laughs> It's like I'm in WandaVision, but it's this show. And she's just back and everybody's just going on with their lives. It's episodic. You don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're in black and white filter. Every day is Christmas. And our show actually ended like a year and a half ago. But this is like the forward back. It's like the WandaVision. It's Twin Peaks. It's everything. Got it. The snow globe is in your mind. Snow globes in your mind, Santa's in your mind. Come on, weren't you like eight when they told you Santa wasn't real? Come on, Nathan. Way older than that. Twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> I was t- well, considering our our new alternate reality, he was today years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, he know. saw Santa in flesh, in the flesh, and in the time vortex, literally in December. So, yeah, did he? I think. I don't believe him. It was pretty convincing. You wouldn't. <laughs> was this pretty... sounds like you guys had too much of something. It was the eggnog. <laughs> that that Rachel provided. It was the time vortex. I didn't get any eggnog this nog. Christmas because no one else in this house will drink it. <laughs> I love eggnog. I don't know about your North Pole time vortex house, but you know. The glares you're getting. <laughs> look at me that way. I'll look at you. <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, this is a round robin game where all four of us have a round of trivia for the other three to answer. And uh, Stu, it is your first round. Sweet, thank you. Uh, my round is called Go Green. Uh, this round has to do with the color green, green characters, green names, etc. Uh, it'll be standard trivia, except for one fun round where everybody gets to play, uh, which I will designate when that happens. All right. Question number one. Kwame is the bearer of the Green Earth Ring and the unofficial leader of a group of eco-friendly kids in what classic 1990s animated show? Nathan. Ryan. Nathan is who Cap- I heard first. Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Uh, let okay. our powers uh, combine. <laughs> whew, whew, I had a really weird Mandela effect with that show. Um, really? I don't, I don't know if Ryan remembers this. We got in a huge conversation in high school about this. But I was convinced the kid... That was the heart ring was in a wheelchair. And I go, no, that's how I remember it. He was in a wheelchair. And they're like, nope. I remember looked it up. Nope, he wasn't. And I was like, I like literally my reality is breaking right now because I could have sworn he was in a wheelchair. I think all of us did. Like we're absolutely certain that the kid who was the heart ring was hang on a second. I need to look at this (laughs) because I'm from the same reality as you, Nathan. Like that's Oh no. Oh, or Santa is real and Zorb is our god. And yet again, I am from a different reality where yeah. I've never even seen the show, so I have nothing to base on. You're post snap. I'm post snap. Wait. 
This was like not? we were absolutely. Oh my gosh! I love just about watching this. Stu's face right now. Is it not? <laughs> this is not okay. <laughs> Where was that? Me- what? Okay, what is that memory then? Like, what do I have associated with that? Because, because was- I know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> what? Literally, it's this? in my brain. I remember vividly. <laughs> His ring was heart. What else was yeah. he doing with heart? He, he was, was in a wheelchair. <laughs> he showed he had heart because he was still on the team. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, Stu, I'm so glad. I, my I'm upset now. Made. Sorry. Oh my god. To be okay, fair, well, Stu and just... Mandela effects on this show have not, not done well. We do not get along. <laughs> it is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, that is two points to Nathan there. <laughs> and uh, question number two. Premiering in 1999, what film set in the Great Depression deals with death row inmates, a resurrected mouse, and other supernatural healings? Ryan. Ryan. This would be the Green Mile. That is Green Mile. That's right. Featuring Tom Hanks. Nice. Stephen uh, King, right? Yeah. Yeah, based on the novel of the same name. Nice. Two points to Ryan. Question number three is the fun one. Everybody gets a turn to play. Um, I have the top 10 Green Day songs according to the Rolling Stones. You get two points if you name one song. Uh, We're going to go around, right? And so the first one that everybody gets right is two points. And then anyone you get after that is an additional point. I'm already calling now that I'm going to mix up a Blink-182 song. I'm sure you are. (laughs) Cool thing. I don't know Blink-182, but I know Green Day. Sweet. I was hoping that everybody at least had one. Cool. So we're going to go around, starting with, uh, we'll do Nathan, and then Rachel and Ryan. Nathan, uh, name one of the top 10 Green Day songs, according to the Rolling Stones. We'll go with my least favorite, Wake Me Up When September Ends. That is actually not on the list. Wow. Which is surprising. Their songs were compiled by uh, mostly play count and such. um, That would absolutely be the the biggest play count, I would assume. Yeah, me too. Okay. Does that make me out? Dang it. I think so. That's what I was planning on. Um, (laughs) Rachel, it's your turn. Uh, Good riddance, time of your life. That is number uh, number two on the list. Yes. Oh, that's the that's that graduation song. I thought that was that song. Just yeah, yeah, the graduation (laughs) song. Yeah, it's good riddance, and then in parentheses, time of your life. Yep. (laughs) Ryan, do I remember right? Did you sing that at graduation? No. I sang a David Cook song, I think. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you were clearly a giant American idiot then. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, American idiot being, I think that's number number six on the list. I can count. Uh, <laughs> it's two points to Ryan and Rachel. Rachel, do you have another one? Um, holiday. Holiday is actually not on the list. Dang, really? I saying yes. Uh, Ryan, it is up to you. Do you have another one? Uh, um, I have another one. I don't know if it's an actual song, but is Dookie on? Or is, that's the album. I don't know if that's a that's song. That's the album, well. yeah. Um, I would Man. not accept that as an answer. Do you have another one? Or? No. Okay. <laughs> All good. Um, so we have two points to Ryan and two points to Rachel there. Uh, the top 10 list being Jesus of Suburbia, Good Riddance, Time of Your Life, Basket Case, Long View, When I Come Around, American Idiot, She, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, Brain Stew, and Welcome to Paradise. 
21 Guns was not on that list. It was not on that list. None of their more recent things were on that list, which I thought was that, that was an old song. 21 Guns? I thought, yeah, 21 Guns is older. Or at be. least maybe older for, that I think of. Green Day hasn't done a whole lot recently. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember oh, anything no, that is post I'm American Idiot. Yeah. Maybe. I remember that and maybe a couple albums before that. But. Nice. I listen That's... to them. They're like my psych-up playlist. I have a playlist of every single album they did live. Oh yeah, and that's nice. my psych up thing, and I probably listen to it every day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that we had a wow a fan in here. I so love awesome. Green Day. If I could see it's them good. live, I would. I really like them. <laughs> nice. Uh, that is two points to Ryan and two points to Rachel. There. Question number four is plain and simple. Who is the Green Sailor Scout in the manga and anime Sailor Moon? Mm, I was Ryan. hoping this would stump somebody, Ryan. <laughs> Jupiter Moon Kitty Deluxe. <laughs> no. Mm. Um, well, actually, well, hang on. Can you refer? Can you refine Jupiter? That? Yes, actually, it is Sailor <laughs> Jupiter. <laughs> uh, Sailor Mars, Mercury, Moon, Jupiter, and Venus of uh, the five Sailor Scouts that are most popular. Nice. I knew that. <laughs> I actually love Sailor Moon. I don't know, man. I. Is a big I, I mean, I, I've, I assume it's actually not bad. I just it, don't know anything about it. <laughs> it's a 90s anime, you know. Uh, the mask guy's weird. So Yeah, yeah, tuxedo mask. Yeah. Um, My job this, here is done. You haven't done anything. This 20-something-year-old guy just helping out all these high schoolers over and over again. Yeah, it's kind of strange. But not helping. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, not okay. Um, nice. That's <laughs> two points to Ryan. Ooh, go Jupiter. <laughs> Question number five. Voiced by Jim Henson, what character made his first appearance on Sam and Friends in 1955? Rachel. Nathan. Ryan. <laughs> oh, man. I knew it was going to be easy. Uh, every, I heard everybody, so we'll just do the round robin thing. Uh, we'll start with Rachel, because that's who uh, I absolutely heard first. Kermit the Frog. Ryan? Yeah, I put Kermit the Frog. And Nathan? Yep. Sweet. Kermit the Frog. Uh, two points to everybody. What was the name of the series? <laughs> Sam and Friends, uh, which I did not know it was 1955. Um, I know that Jim Henson was pretty much a dead giveaway there, but I wasn't entirely... I thought maybe that the timeline would uh, trip people up there. But mm. yeah, uh, 1955, and I guess the first prototype was made out of his, like Jim Henson's mom's trench coat and ping pong balls <laughs> like that was like he went on the show with that that was like the first prototype which is i'm really sure weird. it's looked amazing still just because <laughs> he's a wizard so yeah uh question number six and the final question of the round what is the name of the main character in the hugely popular broadway musical that first performed in 2003 rachel rachel guessing this is wicked and it's alphabet uh, that is correct do you know her last name no, I don't. <laughs> That's fine. It doesn't matter. No, it's but it's Alpha Buff the Rob. Yeah. Nice. Two points to Rachel there. I saw that. I was visiting family in Chicago many, nice. I, many years ago. I saw uh, I saw it beforehand too. Aaron and I went to go see it actually. It was really fun. Nice. Nice. Uh, that is the end of my round. Um, lots of points <laughs> lots of points out on that one. Uh, what are the scores at, Ryan? Yeah, I have uh, Rachel with six, Nathan with four, myself with eight. And uh, Stu technically just holding down the fort. I'll catch up. <laughs> Hopefully. 
Yeah, he really teed it up there. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't mean to, but it, I guess it was a uh, slow pitch on that one. I like it though. It was a good, fun round. Uh, Rachel, is your round? Well, I guess Stu and I were thinking alike um, because I did five normal questions and one everyone answers. Sweet. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so mine combines my two of my favorite subjects. We have history and we have geography. And I know all three of you love those topics. They were selected for the people who were answering. <laughs> so <laughs> keep that in mind. So the basic um so the basic concept of this round was based on the amazing weather we've been having recently. So we're gonna talk about big huge weather events in history. Ooh. Each question uh, will be about something different. It might ask for something different. But I, I'll, I'll let you know exactly what I'm looking for in each question. Okay, everyone ready? Sounds good. Sounds good. Question number one. Luxembourg was occupied by this country when in June of 1807, what is thought to be the most lightning-caused deaths in a single day occurred, caused by the occupying forces storage of gunpowder being struck by lightning and exploding, killing more than 300 people. Who was the occupying force? Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. France? That is correct. This would be Napoleon's forces. Nice. Well, not nice that 300 people. <laughs> died, but, uh, good, good guess. Good job, Ryan. Good, good for his ego, I guess. Uh. It was hard to do really well, I would say. <laughs> Question number two. 2003 saw Europe's strongest heat wave in more than 500 years. An estimated 70,000 people died. Coincidentally, this country, which is often portrayed as over and higher than other countries, also suffered the most casualties. C country? Wait, say that again. 2003 saw Europe's strongest heat wave in more than 500 years. An estimated 70,000 people died. Coincidentally, this country, which is often portrayed as over and higher than other countries, also suffered the most casualties. The, it's worded this way very specifically. Over. Is this in, I mean, is, it, is this a European country too? Yes, this is a European country too. Nathan. Ryan. I heard Nathan first. Iceland. It's not Iceland. Uh, Ryan, is it ahead, Switzerland? Ryan? It's not Switzerland. Do? Go Ireland? Ahead, Stu. No. That was my other guess. Everyone is a bit uh, off. You have to step pond. back a little bit on the over and higher bit, because this is also France. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Better than to... thou. Oh. I was about to guess Am uh, Amsterdam. That was the other way I thought this question could go. Yeah. That's all going higher. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, Lots yeah. of bridges to go over. Yep, 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 yep. Voila. Question number three. One of the most deadly wintered storms in world history hit this Middle Eastern country, flattening over 200 villages, um, with some regions receiving more than 26 feet of snow in one week. Interestingly, the country just to the west is home to the ruins of the ancient wonder of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Not a place associated with snow. To the west. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. 
Uh, I guess it's one of two, but is it Afghanistan? No. <laughs> Afghanistan is to the east of this country. Wait, but you said As- the country that's the answer, and then to the west of it is the country that has the hanging garden. Of yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the yeah. country to the east of that. To the east of that. So the country that you're looking for, Afghanistan, is to the east of that. So if you're thinking Babylon country, yeah, um, okay. Afghanistan, so I, you're looking for the thing in the middle. All right, so I think it might be the other one. Do? Go ahead, Stu. Israel? It is not. Nathan? Go ahead, Nathan. Pakistan? You're getting Ryan. closer, but no. Uh, okay, go ahead, go Ryan. Yeah. Is it Iraq? No, it's not. What? The answer here so, is Iran. I thought Iran had the... Wait, no, Iran's, Iraq has them. Iran's the small one, and Iraq's the much bigger one, right? Or is that backwards? It's, it's backwards. That's yeah. where I got yeah, mixed you up. Gotta put your I got my east and my west, and my snow globe was up. And, <laughs> and your weast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, question number four. A bit shorter this time. Name me this 1992 hurricane, which is number five of the most costly hurricanes to hit the United States. It comes up in the news every single hurricane season, so. Oh, cool. Stu? Go ahead, Stu. Hurricane Jordan? No, but you're in the right realm. Uh, can I have a letter? Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> can you buy a vowel? Yes, right? you guys can have an A. <laughs> In, is it the first letter? Yes, because I'm not evil. Ryan. <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. Is it Hurricane Andrew? Yes, this is Hurricane Andrew. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Spell it, but don't say it. <laughs> I feel like we're on an episode of Celebrity Jeopardy. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Name Hurricanes... That are called Andrew. <laughs> Name this continent. Asia. Can you give me a Can you give me a letter? A. The category is name hurricanes that are called Andrew. Winston. Three. Three. Yeah. Uh, I'll give myself one point for that. I suppose. Uh, half a point. That seems fair. It's because I like half points, and I know how much you love them as well. Um, Good for tiebreakers. Question number five. Aptly named the summer, the year without a summer, the summer of 1816 saw a high temperature in Savannah, Georgia of 46 degrees Fahrenheit. The, this massive cool down was caused by the eruption of the Tambora volcano in which Asian island nation, which has a number of famous volcanoes, including Krakatoa. I actually just heard something about this recently, too. It's active. Yes, it's one of the last few active volcanoes that people live around. And it's a big one. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, Indonesia? That is correct. Oh, nice. Krakatoa, Krakatoa, Krakatoa. <laughs> yes, they saw record cold temperatures across the world. And like I said, deep south didn't reach even highs of 50 degrees in the middle of the summer. That's crazy. Wow. What that's year was how, that? Uh, 1816. But that's wow. how much it cooled the earth and uh, use one of those. <laughs> crops failed there were famines it was wow. very bad last but not least this is going to be our round robin game uh well we're technically in a round robin so this is um round robin subpart a 
Um, Just rounds and rounds and circles and circles. No, I think of this as like a nice little um, plan. So you have round robin. One, Stu. Two, Rachel. Subpart A. Um, <laughs> in this one, I'm going to ask you for a number. And I'll explain the rules of that number when I've asked the question, but everyone will give an answer. So, okay. in 18, excuse me, 1972, what may, what may be the biggest change in temperature ever recorded in the world in a single day happened in Loma, Montana. Residents awoke to temperatures of negative 54 degrees Fahrenheit. It ended up being what would be considered a fall day, but it was January. Considering those facts, estimate the high temperature reached that day. Two points for being within three on either side, one point for being within six. Okay? So it was negative... Wow. It started at negative 54, and it was the biggest single change in temperature in a single day. And what was the high? Okay. That's, yeah. We're looking for the high. All right. Ryan, you can go first. 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. Nathan? 56. Okay. Stu? 62. So the only person getting points today is actually Ryan. And you will get two points because it reached a high of 49 degrees. It went from, it it did a temperature change of 103 degrees in a single day. How? (laughs) <laughs> it's it doesn't have they i was okay i was reading about this on the the farmer's almanac so i think for weather things they're pretty reliable um at least for historical ones and um and they were talking about how their strange system came in had wicked freezing temperatures and then suddenly they shot up during the day it, it, it's just it's just the strangest thing wow freak yeah. incident yeah okay cool. That is my round. Ryan, where did the score stand? Nice. Uh, okay. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong, but I have uh, Rachel with six, Nathan with four, myself with 14 and a half, and Stu just technically holding down the fort. Yep. Nope, that's right. I mean, did yeah, any, it's did it's another Rachel else? round. It's another goose egg for Nathan. Yeah, that's how that, that's how that works. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> that's how it is for me, too. It's okay. All right. Uh, well, I'm feeling good so far. <laughs> uh, Nathan, it is your round when you're ready. Sure. Yeah. Another general trivia. I was going to have a round robin round, but it just, the question I wanted to ask, I couldn't find an answer to um, exactly. So <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what that was at the end. Um, but uh, this round is called Mario in the Making. So we're going to talk about the Mario franchise. Um, and. Some of this may be, <laughs> may be deep lore. Who knows? So, um, but okay. Uh, first question is, we all loved this plumber in red since his founding in 1981's Donkey Kong. However, what year was his creator, Nintendo, founded? Ryan. As Ryan can take it first. Okay. Like what specific year? Um... Yeah, is there a range here or? Yeah, I'll let it be at like a 10 year range. Okay. I think it's like night, or so I, I think it's like 1898 or something like that. 1898. Close. I have one. But no cigar. Goes 1864. To. You've gone too far. Okay. Rachel. 
Can you pick um, a sweet spot in between 1890s <laughs> and the 1860s for when Nintendo started as a company? 1884. 1889. They started as a card company. Two points mm-hmm. to Rachel. I had no idea. I'm glad you guys knew what you were doing <laughs> because I was like, oh, maybe it started. They actually were one of those companies that had a game and then formed after they had their game. Nope. It's the opposite <laughs> where They've they been around formed for way. Yeah. yeah. Hard company for a long time. So um, question two, speaking of Donkey Kong, what was Mario's original name in the 1981 arcade classic? Right. Stu. There's going to be a lot of these, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was close. Uh, Ryan, give me your answer first. Uh, Jumpman. Stu, what is your answer? Yeah, Jumpman. Mario, Jumpman, Mario. (laughs) Jumpman is correct. Both of you get two points. Woo! I can say that while they'll both be calling in, you don't ever have to deal with three people calling in. (laughs) And Stu jump manning out of the fort. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) With a giant hammer just doing this business. Yeah, the door's broken now, though. That's the problem. All right, question three. In this sequel, a son tries to climb the vines to save his father as an unlikely villain stands in his way. Can you repeat it? Yeah. In this sequel, a son tries to climb the vines to save his father as an unlikely villain stands in his way. I don't... Stu? I feel like the vines... Stu. Is this just Donkey Kong Jr.? It is Donkey Kong Jr. I was overthinking that. Yeah. The only game where Mario appears as the villain. And he has a whip. (laughs) (laughs) He has a whip and he is caged Donkey Kong. Yes. Uh, so two points to Stu. So question four. Not all villains stay that way as Bowser lent a helping hand in this 1996 Mario title. Stu! <laughs> it's one of my favorite games of all time. Stu, what is Su- it? Super Mario RPG, The Legend of the Seven Stars the for seven the Super stars. Nintendo. <laughs> yes, that is it. Stu no. is now sprinting out of this floor. <laughs> Dude, that is an amazing game. Sorry, I just, I'm a huge fan. (laughs) Yeah, it's also interesting how they, uh, with the Mario titles, they kind of just bounce around with their um, stories. Uh, You know, in the newest one, this Bowser Fury DLC they have on the Switch, you're helping Bowser's son make Bowser less evil because now he's even too evil for his son. Yeah, he overcame. Yeah, yeah. he was taken over by (laughs) Fury, you know. I think I buy more into the lore of Mario 3 where everything is just a stage. It's all just Mm -hmm. a giant play. It's all a play. Well, number two is all a dream, and then number three is all a play. Alrighty. Number five. Since 1995, Mario has been voiced by Charles Martinet. What other Mushroom Kingdom characters does he voice? Stu. Stu. (laughs) How many do you need? Two. There are (laughs) two we're looking for. Okay. Luigi, Waluigi, Wario. Um... You have named the two I was looking for, (laughs) which is uh, Wario and Luigi. I'm trying to think. I do you know? Do you have a list I, of the ones? I do does? not. I just okay. have Wario and Luigi. Okay, I know he does more, but I can't remember. <laughs> I was gonna say Toad. No, he's not Toad. I know that one. <laughs> My son does a really good Toad impression, though. He's been practicing, <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Put that in post. Um, <laughs> question six, and our last question. Um, 
1981, this movie studio almost took out the Mario franchise before it started when they sued Nintendo over the oh. rights to Donkey Kong. Stu. Stu? Um, is this MGM? It is not MGM. Okay. Ryan. Rachel. Ryan first. Is it Miramax? Incorrect. Rachel. Sony, they were very often active in the 80s. It is not. So I will give a hint for just one point now. Um, it was about the um, rights of King Kong. Mm -hmm. And this studio is known for their monster movies. Rachel. Rachel. Is it war no, no. Is it Paramount? Excuse me. No. I'm trying to remember if... Like, if the Godzilla and those kind of films have, like, an iconic studio behind them that I can't a, yeah. remember. Uh, Godzilla I've, would not be associated with these um, studios. I, I did a variation of this question beforehand a long time ago. And so mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of the, the Ryan. Uh, organization. Ryan. It's more just a shot in the dark. But Lionsgate? Nope. Stu, is it Warner Brothers? It is not. It's Universal. That's oh. that Universal was the next Studios. one. So Universal has those like Universal monster movies. So they've done oh, you know yeah. King Kong, Dracula, Werewolf, uh, all those. Um, yeah. So um, they brought a case and told them to cease all uh, Donkey Kong games and get rid of all of the supply they had. Um, and Nintendo was like, "Give us a couple weeks." They're like, "Sure." And they gave them a couple weeks, and they met, and they're like. We're not going to take any type of settlement. We would like to go to court with you. And so they just used Universal's own uh, legal statutes that they had used in prior court cases saying that King Kong was public domain. Those were cases Universal had already won saying King Kong was public domain. And so Nintendo was like, you won a yeah. case saying it was public domain. <laughs> so public domain. And so I, uh, Universal I was trying had to, to pay think... them $1 million for legal fees. Oh because of... Peter Jackson, I think I was trying to f remember who produced The Hobbit or like Lord of the Rings and see if that would get me closer. Which um, that not. was the that was New Line. New Line. Oh, yep, the yeah, New, New Line Cinema. Also Fun fact, right either, but uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, the oh. best. <laughs> Fun fact about that court case uh, John Kirby was their lawyer, which is actually mm -hmm. where Kirby came from for the name. Uh, yep. Supposedly, it was kind of in honor of that guy, mm -hmm. um, not about the vacuum cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody nobody got that one but Stu coming back with a force in this round yeah <laughs> no kidding wahoo <laughs> yeah uh nice yeah I have uh Stu and Rachel tied with eight Nathan with four and myself with 16 and a half oh my gosh well <laughs> um, it's okay he can't get any more it's true, true. that's true you, but can you have we a goal line I suppose <laughs> Uh, and this should go well. Uh, this will be a round of general trivia, but we're going to do a geek bracket style. Ooh. I thought that went super well with JP in his round. So we, I have a pool of eight questions, and I'm going to paste into the chat as well uh, eight categories. And so the three of you will go round robin. You'll each take turns until we get through six questions. So you get to pick the category, and then... Everyone plays that question, but you each get to take turns and pick one that you want. So the categories we have, 90s cinema, world leaders, never tell me the odds, stranger than science fiction, more money, more problems, geography, old school technology, and classic cartoons. 
So uh, we will start with uh, Stu. Cool. I'm going to go with, uh, let's go with old school technology. All right. So everyone will play old school technology. What is Microsoft's oldest, longest running IP predating Office and Windows, which first debuted in 1982, pushing what was possible on the PC with every iteration? Stu? Stu. Is this DOS? Uh, not DOS. Rachel. Longest, ru- longest running current, uh, Rachel. Publisher. Not publisher. Nathan. Nathan. Excel. Not Excel. Oh. What is Microsoft's oldest, longest running current IP in use today, predating Office and Windows, which first debuted in 1982, quote, pushing what was possible on the PC with every iteration? Rachel, because I just want to guess this one. Rachel. Paint. Not paint. (laughs) Okay, I just wanted to put that one out there because I was going to be amazed if it was right. Uh, Nathan. Nathan. The calculator? Not the calculator. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see. So this is less. Um, what's a, How can I say? I mean, it's less not like an OS. Yeah. I mean, it's an IP, but it's not like Windows or Office. Um, I got nothing. Any I other think of anything else? All right, you're gonna you're gonna kick yourself a little bit. So pushing what was possible with every piece or on the PC with every iteration. So something that was consistently on virtually every big push uh pushing the graphical boundaries and what could be done this is microsoft flight simulator oh what? wow okay Considered... so it's right along the lines of paint <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you could draw one. an airplane but <laughs> no it's about the fact that it wasn't like a productivity kind of thing right Fair. Yeah, that's what i was going uh this came from a microsoft old school employee talking about that so microsoft flight simulator uh, no points there. Rachel, what category do you want to go with? I'm just so intrigued by Never Tell Me the Odds that I want to go with that category. I'm just very intrigued by it. I don't know if I can answer it, though. It's also but in quotes here on our, our chat log. So I think it's noted. Primarily for is the uh, the Han Solo quote. It is not mm. Star Wars related. It is it is quite literally a ratio. Thing. Go ahead. I was going to say, is there a reason the me is not capitalized while the other by never <laughs> is, tell me, tell is, and odds is, but me isn't? Is there a reason? Yeah, I think we should deduct points from Ryan's score for that error. I agree, Take Rachel. a half point off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just uh, don't, mind the, don't mind the grammatical mistakes there. Uh, question number three, again, for everyone. A micromort. A micromort is a unit of risk that is defined as a one in a million chance of what? Stu. Stu. Death rate? Uh, yeah, I'll give you death or rate. Or dying. Yeah. yeah. A micromort is a, is a unit of that classifies a one in a million chance of dying. So something like, I think walking outside is like a <laughs> seven micromort or something like that. Um, and then... I don't know. Skydiving is like whatever, fifty micromorts or something to that effect. Cool. I should look up some common ones, but yeah. So micro and then mort is in mortality. So micromort mm-hmm. is a statistic way to to classify that. So nice job. Two points to do there. Uh, Nathan, ninety cinema. Ninety sure. cinema. All right. 
90s cinema. What top 90s movie opens with dictionary definitions of the title, with the words definitions being one, a soft, moist, shapeless mass of matter, and two, a magazine or book containing lurid subject matter and being characteristically printed on rough, unfinished paper. That's a lot there, so I repeat it. What top 90s movie opens with dictionary definitions of the title? With the words definition, with the two words definitions being one, a soft, moist, shapeless mass of matter, and two, a magazine or book containing lurid subject matter and being characteristically printed on rough, unfinished paper. I know what the last one is. Oh, okay. I don't... This top 90s movie. Okay, I'm going to put this out there. I know the first part do- doesn't do that, but I don't remember the movie that well. Is it this, this the Bridget Jones Diary? No. Okay. What are the two definitions again? The soft. So number one. Yeah. So yeah, the title is two words. The first word is a soft, moist, shapeless mass of matter. And two, a magazine or book containing lurid subject matter and being characteristically printed on rough, unfinished paper. This movie itself, the very first opening scenes are just one word definition, second word definition. I would call it, but everyone is in very deep thought right now. I have so many movies with the second word possibility being in there. Sam, I can't even get to the second part. I want to solve the first part. I think <laughs> the I think the second one may actually trip you up more. Now everyone's gone from was deep thought. Now everyone just looks dead as they're like searching <laughs> the heavens. I I don't know. <laughs> this is. The uh, cult classic early 90s movie, uh, Soft, Moist, Shapeless, Massive Matter, would be Pulp. The second oh. one would be Fiction. So that'd be Tarantino's Pulp Fiction. Nice. Okay. So no points there. Uh, back to Stu. Uh, let us do classic cartoons. All right. Classic cartoons. A little shorter than uh, class or 90s cinema. According to its animani, totally insane theme song, what food can you find in the slacks of the Animaniacs? Oh. Rachel? Rachel. Snacks? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I knew it does a lot of rhyming. We got snacks and slacks and maniacs. No. According to its animani, totally insane theme song, what food can you find in the slacks of the Animaniacs? I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here. All right. Is this, is this like sandwiches? Uh, not sandwiches. Any other guess? Just name a food. <laughs> ribs. <laughs> it's not ribs. Not stacks of ribs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you would have bologna in your slacks. Nope. I thought it. Yeah, I remember. Like I, I, I pictured a ham sort of situation. But then again, I don't know. It might have been the wheelchair situation all over again, to where this is not relevant at all. Stu, Stu can't trust his mind. Anymore. I can't. No, it's gone. It's the whole childhood was a lie. It was. It's all if in the you, snow globe. If you, <laughs> thank you, ER, or whatever oh, it was. Please. Saint Elmo's Fire, or no, that Saint was a Elsewhere. movie, right? Uh, yeah, that was a movie. Uh, I think it's Saint Elsewhere or something like that. It was but the one yeah. with the Klunberg in it, right? 
I don't. No, I don't think he's. Oh, that it. was ER. Yeah, that was ER. Correct. If you pull the the drape behind Stu, it's just a bunch of red string everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much is. <laughs> and the baloney and our slacks. All uh, right, um, Rachel, pick a category. Um, mm, let's do geography. All right. This is uh, question, technically question number five, geography. The DMV, quote, the quote DMV, those three letters, DMV, is the shorthand for what three-region metropolitan area in the United States? I need all three. The DMV is the shorthand for what three-region metropolitan area in the United States? Rachel. Rachel. Uh, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia. No. I have another one. <laughs> All right, we'll wait till. Any other guess? Uh, Nathan. Nathan. Delaware, Massachusetts, Vermont. No. <laughs> Mr. Singapore. No, no, try no, no, no. Don't, here. don't talk to me. I don't want to answer this one. The one thing that string would be useful for is on a map. Uh, Rachel, you have a second guess? Um, is it um, D.C., Virginia, Maryland? It is D.C., oh. Virginia, Maryland. I was, I was between Delaware and D.C., but... yeah. So that D.C. bigger kind of, I guess, not technically a tri-state area, but the DMV would be the greater metropolitan area. Maybe D.C., Maryland, and Virginia for one point. All right, Nathan, last question of the game. Pick your category. Go with world leaders. World leaders for the final question. Tenzin Gatsu is the current spiritual and temporal leader of Tibet and is the 14th in succession of more than 600 years and is better known by what title? Rachel. Rachel. The Dalai Lama. This would be the Dalai Lama. Oh, well done. <laughs> the 14th Dalai Lama in succession of more than 600 years. Tenzin Gatsu. Gatsu would be the current leader, kind of figurative leader but i think technically still the leader of the country of tibet all right well we'll save uh stranger than science fiction and mo money more problems for another day it'll always be there it'll always be there <laughs> mo problems will always be there for you <laughs> All right, that is the end of the game, and the scores I have are Nathan with four, Rachel with eight, Stu with ten, and myself with sixteen and a half. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, well how done. it happened, I have no idea, but <laughs> happy to take it. Uh, nice job, that was fun. Uh, that is the end of the game, and uh, we can get some picks for each episode. A couple of us give a game and movie experience from the cool like that. We recommend you check out. And uh, Nathan, today you have a pick. I do have a pick. So for everyone that's a uh, Dungeons and Dragons or a tabletop person, um, I have uh, something here that I'm showing everybody on screen. It's called the Cthulhu Mythos from Sandy Peterson's. Um, so it's like a 400 page um, book that gives a bunch of lore and stuff on all things kind of Lovecraft from like um, setting dressing to cults to the different gods they worship with all types of stats and stuff. So I have been 
um, just going through it um, quite quite heavily recently. So that's awesome. Yeah, you're telling me about it. So, as a DM, is that is it just information that you can pull, or is it actually kind of building stories and, and uh, plot no, lines for you? It's, it's uh, it probably has some plot lines, but um, most of like things like this are for picking and then just plucking into your game. Like you make a town, you want somebody to be the resistance there. You can look at a cult in here and kind of start kind of weaving things in and out like that. So nice. um, it also has stuff for characters, but obviously I skip most of that when I'm when I'm looking through it because um, yeah. More so beans. are there creatures like with challenge ratings and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff in there? Yeah, okay. so it has I want to say half of it's that as well as like some of the big bads are in here. Um, like Cthulhu has his own stat block in here and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty heavy. Um, my uh, I play in a campaign on Wednesday nights online and my DM started using it. Um, and uh, there's this thing called a watcher and it's like a worm that's like as big as the pyramids. And basically he's like on top of a pyramid in the picture with this giant glowing yellow eye and like huge wings and the wings have like circular mouths on them. It's, it's pretty gnarly. And he has like flying eyes that go around the city he's in. So it's a very watchful presence. Where'd, uh, where'd you get that from? Uh, so it is at Peterson games. Yes. Um, so it's kind of like a self-published book by them and they make a lot of stuff that's kind of, uh, seems more in the Cthulhu, uh, type things for different, different games. They have their own game set up and their own adventures that you can use, but this is more just like a lore book to pick from. So, but awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm excited to hear what comes from it. Cause I know every time we talk, we generally spend like six hours just talking about D&D runs just, and stuff. Just catching you up on what's going on in my campaign and being like, yeah. does this make sense? And you're like, yeah, it's great. And I'm like, Oh, okay. There's always, <laughs> always cool stuff. Uh, you definitely have some really imaginative, like definitely breaking the realms and like definitely stretching kind of the D&D universe. So that's really cool to hear. Nice. Uh, so yeah, what is it? Cthulhu mythos? Myth uh, mythos? Yeah. yeah, Sandy Peterson's Cthulhu mythos. So nice. from Peterson Games. Nice, and we'll get that in the show notes and stuff. Um, I have a pick, which is a good timing with Nathan being on here because it is definitely tied to our uh, recent gaming adventures. Uh, this is Sailing the High Seas with the game Sea of Thieves, which came out, uh, I guess, 2018 or 19? 18 um, sounds right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's been out for a little while. It is free to play. Well, if you have Xbox Game Pass, it is free to play. It is on Xbox and PC. Uh, it is just a giant, essentially open. Well, it's not really an open sandbox game, but it is really just designed to. Uh, you're a pirate. You are out there. There's <laughs> not a, a whole pirate, lot of Harry. <laughs> <laughs> you're a pirate, Harry. I'm a what? <laughs> A pirate. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> you. This has been one of the most fun games I've played, I think, in a long time. Where, uh, I, again, for me, gaming at its best is when it's social and it's just a lot of fun. And it is literally just a game of you're on a giant map. There are huge oceans, lots of islands. Um, most of the game revolves around picking up kind of different quest lines that you gain reputation and gold from. And then you just go out treasure hunting or killing skeleton captains or doing whatever and uh i think we spent six or seven hours playing one night um being attacked by sharks and megalodons and searching for buried treasure and 
getting almost all the way there, being attacked by sharks as we're trying to dive <laughs> underwater to get treasure out of sunken ships, being caught up in huge storms, being killed by lightning attacks, going back, having our ship being commandeered by other ships and fighting them off, all while in this very creative, colorful, kind of cartoony style. Uh, it is a blast to play. Yeah, I totally agree. I So I'm not the type of person that's like building stuff. So like Minecraft and I did not play with Legos as a kid. I'm like, I want the thing. I don't want to make a toy. I just want the thing. So it's very, <laughs> the, <laughs> this game is very set up for me. Like, hey, just go grab me that. And I'm like, okay. But then in the midst of grabbing that, just random stuff keeps happening. Uh, I think on one voyage, yeah, we got attacked by Megalodon, got past him. Then there were ghost pirates that came out of nowhere. And then we had other players just try to jump on our ship during that. So it's just one of those things where the journey of trying to do this very simple thing of grabbing a chest, you know, 80 miles away and bringing it back should be pretty easy. But no, it's just <laughs> <Yeah>. random <laughs> things nonstop happening. So. And it's cool because the scope of the game. So when obviously like you have your team and I think it could be up to four people and then but there are other people in the world. You don't run into them too often, but you do see them. And sometimes you're sailing and you're like, oh, that's a big pirate ship. We shouldn't get too close. But if you do get close, the audio actually picks each other up. So there is a little bit of like you hear each other and you can have it set to where like you hear your own party through the game, which is cool. Like we just play through discord, but it's. I, I would think this kind of game, the loop might get boring at times because it's like, oh, do a quest, pick this up and then you're done. But it has such a fun way of making the risk reward like so close. You're like, if I go for more, I'm almost certainly going to be killed in some random way and I'm going to lose it. I'm going to have to go retrieve it. But you're like, it's so easy to get one more chest or do one more thing. So I think that risk reward gambling. drives. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I think but, uh, I think it'll yeah. be it'll be good for me and Ryan until uh, until we hit maybe like the fourth time we fought the Kraken and then we'll be like, OK, now we played this game to its full thing. But I haven't even seen one yet. So I think we got a long time before that happens. It does feel like once you and along the way, again, you're like turning in quests, you're getting rep, all this sort of stuff. You're sort of building up your clout with certain factions. And it sounds like along the way you're going to start getting like bigger almost raid type quests like some bigger stuff so i'm excited to see what turns out there this is a really fun game to go in not really knowing anything like you just kind of start exploring and like i think we made a point the first time we played that there's really not a whole lot on the map like you don't really you don't have like a hud you don't have a bunch of dots just telling you where to go like the map the you literally have to go onto the ship deck where there's a table with a map and only one person can control it at a time so you have to look at the person in the game moving the map around to find what you want to do so it has like the limitations it sets i think adds to the game in a lot of fun ways permission to come aboard <laughs> like, i gotta join that that's awesome get on here Stu. yeah, <laughs> Dude, yeah. let's go be pirates and rachel will have a pc in just a matter of days Ooh. so that would be I'm a great crew I, I can get distracted easily in games, like as Ryan can say in like the Lego games, like he's off trying to do the puzzles and stuff. And I'm like, oh, what's around this corner? <laughs> and Ryan's like, we need to what? There are so many barrels on so many islands with so many bananas and coconuts to collect. I love that. OK. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got our fourth crewmate. Let's do this. <laughs> 
So yeah, if you have a fun, if you have a party that's used to playing games together, it is it is a really fun amount of social and cooperative and kind of risk management. And then you just get to be a pirate, and you get to like play uh, uh, an accordion and like a banjo ukulele thing. And there's all kinds of fun things to play around with in the game that just makes it a lot of fun. And there's no there's no level which I really like, like you all have a sword and a gun. You all have the same types of guns. They just look different. Nobody does more damage because they've been playing the game longer. They just get to go on bigger heists or bigger treasure hunts. And um, it's just kind of the, the fun of the game is just the fun of the game. Nice. Yep. Definitely. Definitely a lot of fun. Uh, That's Sea of Thieves. It's on Xbox and PC. Uh, You can get it through Game Pass or you can buy it individually, but Yep. Definitely recommend that. And then uh, if you have a pick or you've played something like that and uh, we can shout it out on the show, things are wrong at gmail.com. The website's things are wrong.com. Uh, check out the show, past episodes, all that stuff. And uh, if you haven't, please check out the iTunes, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that always helps us out. Really appreciate it. It's a good way to support the show. Uh, if you've been listening all this time and uh, yeah, the next episode will come out around mid-March. Stay tuned for that. And uh, thank you, Nathan. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I will not be last next time I come on. That is my <laughs> solemn vow. You know, I've been saying that for a long yeah. time. You weren't last this um, time, were you? <laughs> okay, no, I've been saying that I'm going to come first in a round oh. robin. Gotcha. And um, I think it happens once a year. <laughs> right at the end of the year, too. Right at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. So, Somehow, um, all three of us are hosts, and that's we're good for one win a year. Yeah, <laughs> roughly. <laughs> because all the guests that come on are super brilliant and smart. Right, they're smart. That's I didn't hurt my feelings them, at all. And though. here's Nathan with his accolades <laughs> and his good parts. Here we're glad is the you answered those two questions. For <laughs> all the ac- accolades and for all the good parts, <laughs> let us know where we can find them. Yeah. And uh, thanks again to Stu and Rachel here. Thank you. Always a blast. Thank and you. Uh, until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.